cold beers to sneak and smokes to bump all the good old days, yeah. Welcome to the Ray's Rowdy Podcast. Can we start now? Yeah. Are we starting? I wish you would. Here we go. <laughs> cheers. Cheers, everybody. Beers. Oh, wait, wait, wait on the cheers. Oh, oh. wait, are we cheersing now? Hang on. Let's Hold it. it. Hold it, because here, I brought this. Did you notice what I walked in the door with? Yeah, it looks like the best Look thing ever. I was going to say like Watch a this. Heisman trophy for beer drinking or something. <laughs> what well, is I that had, Okay, so the other day I was watching Shark Tank, and um, I saw what I thought would be a life-changing device for me. Okay. I love beer. And I but I love draft beer. I think more than any type of beer, I always feel like I'm drinking my the best beer is always in draft form. Mm-hmm. So this thing on Shark Tank was this device that claimed to be able to turn a beer into a draft beer uh, by sticking. You could put a can or a bottle in the base of this thing. So here I'll unscrew it. It's called physics. Oh, I see. That's very clever. You unscrew uh-huh. the base. And I brought these old. Those you you called them oil cans. I yeah. brought these oil cans of Miller High Life. Massive. Beer. I haven't done it with one this big yet. But let me see one of those. That's pint what glasses. she said. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let me see a pint glass. Let's see if this will fit in here. That's also Ooh. what she said. That's a close one. That's a close. Yes. Fix that. Look at that. All oh right. So look, gosh. goes right on. There's no way this is gonna work. Now look, it's battery powered too. If you want to take it to the beach or the woods, wherever you're going. I could see you bringing that. I could, I mean, I'm just gonna put it in the back of my truck. Yeah. And keep it there. And, just drink and, and drive. And Dude, the other day we were, we were repairing this fence. You know, the flood that came a yeah. few weeks oh, ago yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. Our house is in like a flood zone and our fence, the one part we did, it's happened a few times. It pushes over during the mm-hmm. big storm. So I always stay up all night out looking out the back window, freaking out, you know, wondering what all damage is going to be done. Yeah. So it was one of those things. We woke up the next morning, the fence was pushed over. So, me and Dan Couch, he's an awesome songwriter and a good one of my best friends. He came over to help me fix the fence the other day and brought his college buddy with him. We had three dudes out there at nine in the morning rebuilding the fence before I had to run to my co-write. And uh, weather's nice right now. So yeah, beautiful, we, cool. Yeah. We felt like we earned some beers, I'll say. And yes, when we finished, it was 10.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I'll be damned if we didn't deserve the beers. <laughs> yeah, so, I've been there. What we did is we took this physics thing out. I just got it the night before, and I was jacked about it, so I brought it out to the tailgate. And I had some cold beers from the Indiana trip. We just got back from visiting my grandma, who just turned 90. I oh, had right those on. in the cooler still, and they were you know, ready to go. So I, we popped three beers at 1030, and those guys swore that it was the best Coors Light or whatever we were drinking they'd had. So let me know if you think this improves the taste of Miller High Life. I've had enough to highlight to Also, know let's do this. Let's pour a dummy. Can we get one more one more glass? Yeah, there's one let's, right there. Let's do a taste test. I'm going to do, and I promise we're not going to spend the whole podcast on this, but... If we this just is, drink this the whole time, the, that's fine. Yeah, we'll, This we'll is the drinking. non-draft straight from the can. Okay, I'll taste this. Taste that, and I'm going to pour... I'm going to tap the one that's in the physics. Nick, would device. you care to get a, some coronavirus for me or Check what? Absolutely. Battery-powered. Start to get you pour. All right. It's ba- you can hear it humming. Yeah, it's humming. Now watch this. The last two-thirds, push the tap backwards and put a little head on a foam head. Ooh. Okay. Solid pour. Let that die down. It's a little little, little much on the top, probably. You yeah. want to do one in here? 
No, I don't. Well, just just sample it. Cool. I'm just just sample it. You're gonna get it. You're. I'm, everybody's getting multiples, so we'll probably just need more glasses. Is that the control? That's we'll the call control. It? Yes. We'll try the control. Now compare. Is it better? <laughs> yeah, I'm covered in beer around my mustache. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's draft beer. Tastes better than the can. Hold look on. at the, look at the color. So well, that's about the same. Yeah, I guess, it's the same. It looks. It almost looks like it looks like it somehow enri- enriches the beer. I don't know if it's like a CO2 thing. I think but this is be- no cartridge either. Interesting. In so I don't know how it works, but I am a believer physics. If y'all like draft physics. beer, and it's hard to uh, excuse me find your favorite because sometimes I'm find my favorite beer in can form, but no, you could go to a bar. It's hard to find your beer. So yeah, buy your beers that you like, bring them home, stick them in this thing, and you, you enjoy a draft and draft uh, version. So anyhow. What about you, Nick? What do you prefer to drink beer out of? Uh, I pretty much like beer out of anything that has beer in it. Myself. My favorite is free beer, of course, which is this beer that Canyon brought over. So appreciate you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely tastes better out of that. It's way better. Yeah, significantly. It, even better. if it's just a texture thing. Yeah, but it's way better. But that's, I mean, that's part of it. Yeah, no it's, doubt. It's way yeah. smoother, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It's like a nice... You can drink it... Richer body. I feel like I could drink it quicker or slower and enjoy it more. So if we have... Are there more cups? We can get two more yeah. cups and we'll yeah. just continue drinking these drafts. Let's Y'all, let's, listen, let's, uh, let's enjoy this hang. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome to the show. I've been a fan for a long time. <laughs> Kurt, you and I have known each other for... How long? You know, at least 2016 since the Brantley Gilbert tour. That? No, no, Janet Kramer, when you were playing with her. Probably. That's when I met you, But right? I think we became friends... Back when I was playing for Michael Ray, for those right. people that don't know, yeah, and we were on tour together, and um, you know, it was Michael Ray opening up for you, opening up for Brantley Gilbert, right? It was called the Blacked Out Tour. That's right, <laughs> Blacked Out. <laughs> well, Blackout Tour, but uh, yeah, that was a really fun tour. It was awesome, man. That was um, that was a that was, it definitely felt like you were just on tour with your friends that whole tour, of course, because everybody was legit friends in life, and so. Mm-hmm. You know. And we became a lot closer on that. And I always remember you. My favorite part of the the night was always when you played Iris. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. We used to love doing that. Yeah. You could crush that. Yeah. Thanks, man. That was fun. to this. Is this yours? Yeah. Yeah. Take this one. We're still pouring beer here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, dude. That was a great tour, actually. I had a blast on that one. Mm -hmm. And Brantley is such a cool dude. I remember, uh, just to share a quick story, um, first night of tour, um, our drum tech gave me an edible and um, <laughs> never heard of it. Never heard of her. <laughs> and um, I, I had never had an edible before and I really hadn't smoked weed that often. Believe it or not, a never heard musician. Of and he was like, I'm like, how much of this do I eat? He's like, well, you don't want to eat the whole thing. But he's like, you're a pretty big guy. Like, <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and eat half? Well, it was a 125 milligram candy bar that I ate half. So you of. Ate, what oh, is that? What is man. half of 125? 80 maybe it was 150 because it was like two and a half yeah (laughs) it was a lot and i remember watching your set and then closed her i was 62 and a half (laughs) (laughs) i remember watching your set and being like i have to go to bed now like it hit me like the first night like and then everyone came on mike's bus and i thought we had a high energy show yeah (laughs) well it was just i was so high from eating that entire edible that's good like and everyone came on the bus. I was just sitting there. I couldn't move. <laughs> and everyone was coming on. Like That's how you I came on, you Tucker and Kenny and all those guys came on, and they were all talking about music and stuff. And Tucker's like, "Dude, are you okay?" Yeah, he's <laughs> like, "Do you want to talk right now?" But can't. I'm like, <laughs> "Do you want to talk?" I just like nodded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I I couldn't. <laughs> oh shoot! Well, that was a good time. 
uh, good good it, times. It'd be like that sometimes. You got the dusty armadillo shirt oh, on, yeah. my man, and that is the place I met my wife in Rootstown, Ohio, in uh, 2014. I was opening for Love and Theft, and I was doing like riding around. I was stowing away on their bus for free and opening acoustic yeah. for them. And um, and I met her that night when there was a big storm, and um, she said that her brother had bought her and her twin sister uh, tickets to the Love and Theft show because they loved that song, that their their big hit, Angel, Angel Eyes. Yeah. yeah. So he got them tickets, and they always go to they would always go to shows at, at the Dusty. It's just a cool spot. Uh, but I remember uh, she told me, you know, after the fact when we started getting to know each other, that she had almost not gone to that show because the snowstorm, but. Uh, you know, fate would have it. She did, and I got to hang out with her just for a second and her family. And you just kind of say hi or whatever after the show and just went out and checked it out and said thanks to some people or whatever for coming. And um, we became, you know, just kind of like instantly drawn to each other, but it was just bad timing. And so um, fast forward a few years, we circled back up, um, you know, Better timing at that point, and now we're married. But I go back and play the Dusty specifically. I love the Dusty, but I go yeah. back specifically because it's whole, it's such a uh, pivotal m- moment, you know, in my life where that happened, and so I always associate that with a good time. Yeah, uh, I love seeing that on you, dude. Absolutely, I uh, I wore that on purpose. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> love it. I've heard you tell that story back in when I was at in Pittsburgh. Oh, sweet. Yeah, because uh, we would see all the jerkles all the time. Or oh, the Dusty. Man. So, jerkles. Yeah. Yeah, man. Doing too, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. you would route like those two, you know? So you'd totally. go like the Dusty and Jurgles in the same yeah, weekend. Definitely. But man, yeah, that was the first time I saw you was at Jurgles with Eric that we were just FaceTiming, Eric Van Houten. Oh, I love and, Eric. Uh, yeah, me too. And Phil Moore. That's right, was, man. Uh, that was a good time, too. Yeah. Those are both good, good show, dudes. Man. Yeah, we had a blast out there. Yeah. We've been fortunate, you know? Music's been... Um, it's been a, it's been like the some of the best times of my life, and it's also been a heartache. You know, it's been a, the whole gamut. Yeah. Um, right now I'm back to like you know, falling. I'm, I'm in the honeymoon phase with music again, yeah. and like writing it and recording it. That's um, great to hear. Yeah, it's a really it is, and I think COVID just slowed everybody down. And I had already kind of pulled the plug on some relationships that I walked away from because I felt lost and like I needed to find myself and um and then COVID hit and it just allotted me the time oh and then we had a baby right before COVID we had Virginia Rose and then COVID hit and there was all these slamming on the brake kind of things happening where I was um I found myself uh sitting in the garage with my guitar more like I used to just kind of I just I I love playing music again and it's not, it doesn't feel like a job and that, and that, um, and definitely has been a, a cool experience for me to, uh, have to be home. Yeah. I that's think what it, that's what it took for me to even, uh, to even feel inspired again was to not go on the road, but to be home. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, it seems like from the outside looking in that you've taken a lot of pressure off yourself in a way. Had to, man. I had to. I still have to. But I I intentionally did by parting ways and um, kicking some cooks out of the kitchen and kind of being, um, 
kind of starting over, honestly, mm-hmm. and literally and figuratively, because it's I'm and ironically enough, the music I'm the songs I was writing, the style stylistically, the songs I was writing and 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 like the uh lyric leading style that I was doing when I moved to Nashville. The whole reason I moved to Nashville is to to write that kind of music. Um that's that's what I feel like I'm trying to do again now. And so it does feel like starting over, but I'm at the point, but it's at a gratifying starting point because I feel like um home again. And it's all figurative and metaphoric uh with the whole bigger message, you know, like the home again thing. And so thankful that I get to um be here and talk about it with you guys. Yeah. Honestly and um anything I want to know some like I want to, I want you to fire away with like picking my brain questions and let's let's have fun with this. Well, I think. Um, oh, now Mojo's talking. It's Mojo. Um, I think Nick and I were talking about like you know like what are we gonna talk about like on the podcast or what do we want people to know? And I think one of the most important things for people that are listening to the podcast is like some of them might know like your um, earlier stuff you know that did so well on radio. But maybe some of them aren't yet familiar with like your newer sound, right? So, I think the goal of this is to help bridge that gap for some people. Oh, cool! Oh, awesome! Well, yeah, that's and I can see like how that would be a a dramatic. It is a dramatic departure from anything I've put out um, before. But the part that people didn't, the part people don't know, is that the the me before the radio game, the mm-hmm. me before the record deal. Um, sounded exactly like I, this new record sounds. Yeah, and I've got proof. I, I, I moved I, before I moved to Nashville. I spent a bunch of money on a homegrown project. Heard about some producer, and it was a super outdated, uh, you know, nickel and dime you, you know, operation. Mm-hmm. But I, um, but I honestly learned so much from making that trip. I came on with 11 songs. They were all 100 percenters. I wrote them all 100 percent by myself. And I came home um, from Nashville that first experience, just feeling like, all right, well, that's uh, that's that's definitely what I can see making me happy Mm -hmm. and doing more of that. And um, then I moved here in 2005 from Virginia and uh, just started writing my ass off honestly because uh, I wrote I wrote quite a bit when I was back home but I, before you have the, like the direction and you're kind of floundering you can you know you love doing it but you're not sure where it's going or if if it's even worth entertaining I was you know I kind of got pushed over the edge just from a combination of like a natural like love for it mm-hmm. and also some feedback just I would I was playing uh these songs for friends and people were liking them and people yeah. were singing them back and and I was like, well, that's, I don't know. I can try. So I went to Nashville on a, uh, just on a whim. I didn't kind of have a, a home there. I just, uh, I mean, I, you know, as far as a home base, I mean, with, I didn't know anybody. Right. There wasn't um, anyone to take me under their wing. I kind of did it the old school way, which I just moved there and started meeting people. Started shaking hands. Started shaking hands. Drinking beers. And drinking beers. Uh, but I didn't even drink beer then. Yeah. I was a good, good Christian boy. Still am a good. Still am good boy, and still am a Christian. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm a good Christian <laughs> these days. But um, anyhow, that turned into 
eventually, you know, stacking up tons and tons of songs uh, led to uh, a cut somewhere along the way, which led to a publishing deal, which led to the record deal. So what was and that's your- a lot of time. You know, that's my first published. Sorry, you had a question. Yeah, what was your first cut? Love and Theft, Runaway. I wrote their first single with Rob Blackledge and Stephen Lyles. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, Rob was just over here the other day. Yeah, you were shooting him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, man, his his new music is awesome, and he's always been so talented. Um, I'm excited to see um, people's reaction because you know he's um, he's just been a sleeping giant. I feel yeah. like for a while. So I'm excited to see what what response he gets with this new stuff. I've heard it, and I think you're gonna like it. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, we wrote their first single, and I got a pub deal through having a song in the pipeline. Um, and, I, and because of that, I also got a good pub deal right off the bat. So that was it was a cool, fortunate situation. And I started woodshedding. I wrote, I think, Monday through Friday that first year. Um, probably that first, actually, two or three years. I wrote my ass off as much as I could because that's what you do. You get a yeah. publishing deal because like, that's what you wanted. And then you got to prove yourself and learn. And they, they pair you up with so many songwriters, and every single time is something um, new you're taking away um, from it. And all that repetition um, led to just like, uh, you know, I don't know, like you kind of just learn your craft or whatever. But also, what happens, or what happened for me, is that then you, then you realize if you're in the Nashville game, Every, all the all the writers in town. Well, it's, I mean, it's fair to say, the purpose of co-writing in Nashville with a publishing deal is to get songs on recorded and on the radio. Right. Um, and so there is a sense of looking around left and right to see what's working, and then doing that because you want to make money, and it does go in waves. And there it, there are f- trends musically and lyrically and all of the above like there it does change in web and or ebb and flow so what happened for me was um i think i stopped listening to my instincts and uh kind of being honest and that in my approach and, and instead i started reaching to grab hold of what i thought was working and mm-hmm. because it was working for them, it should work for me. And just kind of lost, you know, the bigger purpose of why I moved to town, writing songs that um, were more honest and would connect um, in a in a in a way that that, that felt more. Um, well, I guess honest is the best way to say it. Yeah. So anyhow, long story short. Um, it took me uh, down a road where I just felt like a little bit lost for a second. Yeah. And um, and my fans have been amazing through it, and I thank them for it. I really do. I've had – I really have some really great uh, – very small. I could probably count them on one hand. I bet five really super dedicated fans who have become friends through the process because it goes – you know, it's like there's something really – when somebody sees something in you, you know, that's what keeps you going as an artist, yeah. knowing that someone sees it yeah, or believes it, you yeah. know. And so I've had a, a, a critical f- at least five voices of encouragement from the world who has no bias in this thing on those during those times when I was 
in the valley, yeah. and, you know, and and I tell you, my wife's been the the one who has kept me from quitting this business several times because I've 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 vocalized it, I've believed it that it ain't happen, ain't gonna happen. I need to fucking <laughs> stop trying uh, and get another job. I felt that way. I hate hate. I've been, I got to the point where I hated music because it was a disappointment. Yeah. But that's because I was measuring it up against the wrong things too. And now I'm remembering those five fans who were there from the beginning and said all along, "No, you've you know you've got something here, and we believe it." And so that has been just enough gas in the tank to get me to where I'm now. Um, and now I'm now I feel like I you know I just filled up and I'm ready to go. So hell yeah! Cheers to that! Hey, cheers yes. to that! Let's go! Yeah, I think it's interesting you talking about like songwriting. So you want to be a good songwriter and write songs that, uh, as a pub deal, make you money. But yep. that doesn't mean that that's do. a Kanan Smith song. That's right. And right. some, but it is sometimes. Right. And um, what I have to do for me is stop bringing to the table um, boundaries. Stop bringing to the table, um, you know, like a, a mission, a framework mission. I mean, sometimes that's, I've done that, and it's important to do that, especially if you're going to be in the game right. of top songwriters in town. So, yeah, I should. I think we should do that, mm-hmm. and that's really smart to do. Uh, so, and I'll actually enjoy that part of the, the thing too, but I also, but I also just feel like music to me becomes, um, you know, like you want to enjoy it. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want it to feel like anything but um, an expression. Yeah, that feels that's just coming out because of a, a feeling, you know, and that's that's where God's involved. So, I like just um, seeing where it goes and 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 mission being riding the riding the daylights out of it and not settling and just have you know try try your best. At, that's everyone's goal every day. Um. Is to write the daylights out of a song and not settle and um damn, but it really you know what the only problem and which is awesome because when you hit a home run with it and it feels sewed up and tight and it's a really rewarding feeling. But you also don't hit a lot of you hit a lot of you know, out at out at first. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, and I've done that um recently and I but just today felt like I had a good one. And there's always those times where it's like, all right, I need a good I needed a good song. Yeah. <laughs> feel good. It feels good today. Yeah. Um and that's just how it happens. But I do feel the most like um I feel like I love what I do the most when it's not coming from any let's write this type of song, but more just like an inspiration in the room. I think that's that's a really um that's the thing you can't put a finger on, you know, and that's what's fun. And how much have you been writing? I know it's been a weird year, but uh, recently, like a um, couple times a week or once a week, or how's it been going for you? I've been doing like three um, a week. It's been ideal for me. Um, it's allowed me to um, still be present at home yep. with my baby and help yep. and want to be. It's also allowed me to stay productive in my career yeah. at a good rate. You know, right. that's a, I think three good songs. Yeah, that's great. Or, or and they may not be good. Yeah. Three songs, <laughs> trying to get three good ones a week. 
has been a has proven to be a good um, ratio, I think, for me right now. Um, where and that changes too. I don't ever, I don't, I don't put any kind of, um, you know, rules with that. And I'm fortunate to have a great team behind me at Tree Vibes that yeah. um, books the calendar for me. And I tell them, hey, have at it. Here's what sounds ideal, and but do what you know, do what works. Let's let's get some home runs this this year. And they they take care of it. And I uh, I've enjoyed it, man. Really enjoyed it. I've also been liking uh, listening to new music right now, and like kind of trying to discover new music. Yeah, has been fun again, just through playlisting random stuff. And um, I know more kids kids music than you'd believe right now. <laughs> Baby uh, Shark, uh, yeah. you know, it's raining tacos and Pancake Monster or whatever What's that, that one's pooping, called. The pooping one. I poop. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, that's a good one. Virginia <laughs> likes that one. But no, I've also just found like. I think some of what uh I've just kind of like been doing deep dives on some of the stylistic um some songs that inspire me and seeing what playlist they're part of and letting them letting it go and then you can find some cool new acts you know and anything older specific. stuff too yeah or exactly. older stuff yeah that's been fun anything specific that's caught your ear or just like well, any type I, of sound. Yeah, I love I love Brent Cobb. Yeah, and he and I got uh, honestly that's how I discovered his music, and I started just becoming a fan of. As soon as I heard, it, I was like, "Damn, he's got a great, unique voice, and these are awesome songs. I love the production; it feels so, so honest, and I can relate." And it was all these checkboxes. Like, man, that's really awesome. And um, and then I had this song that I felt like would be a perfect fit for him, and so we we reached out to him to his manager and actually I was supposed to write with him. We had a write on the books. That's the story. And that, that we had a write on the books for the first time the following week. Um and um after I had like discovered his music or something like that. Um whose phone's that? It's yours. Is that it's really Zach. Uh, Zach trying to oh my God. I'm gonna mute it. Well, Zach will call you later, buddy. <laughs> um anyhow after I discovered his music just through that kind of playlisting thing we were talking about, um, felt like I'd love to see if he'd want to collab on something. Yeah. And we had a song that uh, was it's called Catch Me If You Can that I thought would be a perfect fit. Uh, it's about that kind of backwoods moonshining thing and running from the cops and yeah. kind of being that rebel and nobody can stop you kind of mentality. And I thought um, he would relate and... He said yes, long story short. He came in, it was a whirlwind trip. It was right before that big snowstorm happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. And he he blew into town and and back out faster than, um, you know, it takes. And it was, it was three takes sitting in the garage. He Is it his, in your garage? Ver- yeah, he came to the house, sat in my garage. I pushed record. And he did three passes, and we sent it off for mix. And then it um, it just felt like a really really great moment you know for me that it was one of the highlights of the album was being able to um have a story like that because it felt so i mean how do you deny that that wasn't meant to be you know right Right. it was just fun one thing that i think is so funny about your new record is that at least in my music i've always been chasing that high i've got from being in my rock band playing my buddy mark's garage it was always (laughs) like you know what i mean it was like when you're first and then the fact that so you have much, something to there's a there's a something to measure it against. Yeah, and then now like a lot of like the vocals for your record, you literally cut in your garage. There's something just really cool about that, which I think is great. Well, I, well, 
part of that is just I'm a perfectionist and I overthink everything. So I want I, you know I did I actually sang all of them in a studio um, at uh, Sound Emporium. I was there for some of that. Yeah, you actually came and shot some stuff, and then uh, you know I just wanted to do more than I felt like I wanted to spend money on. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so I took it, you know, to the house and just sat out there and took my time with it in the garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's it a, was a cool way to do it. It's also like a little, you know, I can I can overthink it too. So it's like a line, you know, producing the stuff too. There was a, every, everything musically was super easy to do. But when it came to time to doing vocals and singing, you know, like I'm always so critical of myself and hard on myself. So um, it took longer than it will next time. Did I you guarantee, produce? But were you producing everything on the new record? I did. I, well, I produced um, eight of the twelve Heck myself, yeah. and then I co-produced um, the other four with Brian Kelly and Tyler Hubbard. Heck yeah! I think I've heard of those guys. Yeah. Well, they're my label. Yeah. Um, they created Round Here Records yep. and signed me as their first. And we knew each other back in college, and we've been writing songs together nonstop since, and living life. Mm-hmm. outside of music together being friends and when they had an idea to start a company and um uh all that stuff i just knew just, I, that would be a, right fit that'd be a right fit and so, it has been because they've also been a big key a super i mean god's used them in my life to be instruments of that change that needed to happen they reminded me to go back to just this the what i moved here to do because that's how that's the version they met it was back in 2005 at Belmont, where the music you hear now sounded exactly like it did then. And I think I just needed reminded, you know, and then kind of like focus on my strengths and all that stuff. And so it takes friends. Um, I think, you know, a friend's a, a true friend that comes alongside you like that and can um, be there to help you uh, get through something. I mean, that, I was lost and I did need to, I needed to get through it. And I felt like these guys. We're true friends through the process, so it feels really, really, really great to be home. I have, yeah. I have them to thank too. I well, think like one common theme that we've had with people on the podcast is like whatever success that they have had has been at least some part due to being surrounded by a team. Yeah, of like their close be. friends. There's no one out here just like I'm going to do everything myself and be you a famous great country music singer. Yeah, it doesn't work, and I think that's important, right? Like, yeah. Because then you start thinking about other things besides the music. Exactly. And then, you know, doesn't matter. I have how my hands big. in a lot of it. Yeah. Trust me. But I, there's no way without Grace and Greg. Yeah. BK and Tyler and Leslie and Emily. You know, I, and me. I could go on and on. Yeah, Kurt. <laughs> and Nikki T. All, and yeah, all, sure. the, all, you know, there's just so many, uh, all the co writers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, goodness. It's just, uh, this town's so talented. That's it's crazy. the thing. It's just Nashville's so talented. There's so many. Uh, gifted writers and singers and artists and so it's you know equal parts inspiring and intimidating um so that's why i think you know just uh, sort of having to be taken away from it all and brought you know literally grounded back to you know right that yeah (laughs) yeah like the buses weren't going out you know what i mean place you know we we were we were ground. We were grounded for a minute. Yeah, still are a little bit, but that all has been super um, vital for me to grow as an artist and to have a next chapter. 
And I think that's exactly what you have with the new album, man. It's you, you can hear the growth in your music Good. and you can hear Thanks, man. It's like the aesthetics that you guys are doing in the video, you hear in the music. It's woodsy. Awesome. It's it's like outdoorsman stuff. You know what I mean? Like it, I think it gives me an idea of who you are sonically, who you are as a person. Cool. Which I think is great. Oh well, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Thankful I, for that. I love the classic instrumentation with like a little bit of the new end of production. You know what I mean? I love it. I think it's a great mix. Man, Dave Klaus is an awesome. Thanks for saying that. Dave yeah. Klaus is an excellent engineer too, and his yeah. mix offers that modern you're talking about with with a really um, unique Dave Klaus um, spin on it. And um, I honestly, I went and I went and um, I, I had to I had to uh, use a fiddle player and a steel as my primary siglick instruments because I I mean I I just that's my favorite kind of country music. Yeah. George Strait literally is the reason I moved to Nashville. So you can hear that influence on yeah. songs like "Like I Ain't Missing You. And, um, you know, there's several songs on the album that just feel, um, I think you hear that, you hear where I was inspired because I am inspired again. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, all from that same place. And it's just Bad, it's just badass musicians being awesome, yeah, and playing beautiful instruments and doing it in a room together. And that's that's I mean, you can't, I mean, there's a, there's a place for every type, right, of music, and none of it's wrong, right? But the one that speaks to me, uh, sounds like that, yeah. I love it, man. It's uh, it, it was great hearing because I mean, colder than you came out, and I was like, man, I absolutely love that song. Thanks. Right, we played it on the radio before Kurt was on. We play your music now as well, but <laughs> I just the first time I heard it, I just started playing it because I was Thanks, like, man. "Dude, this song's just it's it's sad, but also has some yeah. joy in it." You know what I mean? Like it's it's a great mix, and when you can take me on a journey in a song, it's a uh, it's a beautiful thing. Found a note on the fridge. Said I'm sorry, this just ain't work. Wish I had my steel with me right now. Did you ain't there's frost on the beach. Guess you weren't talking about the frigid air, girl. No, oh, you never liked my mom and my dog and my friends in the worst end. Love that song too. Yeah, it's killer. So good. Does make me want to drink a beer. Yeah, let's do it. Actually, I was I have some in this can, but I'd like to have some physics beer. Yeah. If uh, you would oh, bless me. Yeah. Let's put a freshie in there. Let's do it. Put them fresh, fresh. Man, yeah, good I to mean, be with um, the boys tonight. Just no chilling. Uh, shooting that music video for that song with you, um, for those that oh, don't Colder know. Than You was yeah. awesome. Wasn't that fun? We was, brewed some delicious beer. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, we did. Um, with our buddies from Tap Truck Nashville. Yes, Sean. And Man. so we filmed this video, and we just went out in the woods of Georgia and just did it. Did the dang thing. Yeah, my manager Greg's got some family property in Lakemont, and when I say property, I mean that's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's on the hillside in the in the Blue Ridge Mountains, overlooking the Blue lake, Ridge and then the back side, the back forties, is all in the the woods in the mountains. And that's so amazing. he's got awesome um, spots to, and oh, and there's a natural creek that runs through it all natural spring water creek right mm -hmm. that runs through 
So sick. and so we it was a perfect spot to do that whole moonshine and beer, you right. know. And man, when is this coming out? Can I? Like two weeks. Oh, in two weeks. Yeah. Oh, hmm. Okay, cool. Well, you can talk about it. Go talk ahead. about this, and if you need to cut it out, you can okay. until it's time. But that music video, brewing beer in the woods, led to me uh, collaborating with a brewery and coming up with Brew Shine. Um, yeah. which is a beer that's going to be it's Brewshine beer born in the woods made for the wild and it's a, a active lifestyle beer it's craft brewed but very drinkable 5.1% ABV um, you're going to want more but it's also going to feel like it's got flavor and body to it and there's craftsmanship to it so that's coming out um, here in a few weeks and here and here locally, we're yeah. gonna start local uh, yeah. and and see how people like it. But I'm a big, as you know, I'm a huge beer fan. But learning how to brew it in the woods that day for the shoot, yeah, it was wild. Literally, did, <laughs> it flipped a switch in me to be like another thing that I could see myself doing. And it yeah. turned, and here we are, and we're about to release something, and super excited for people to. So, are you it. brewing it yourself or? Brewing it with New Heights Brewery. Heck yeah. And we Love came up guys. with the flavor profile together. And then Jeff is their master brewer. And he's yeah. just, he wins awards every year for being I've a seen badass. I've brew house. Yeah. And we, so they, they've been super cool. And um, we just were really excited about, um, about our, uh, every opportunity that could come from this beer. We're stoked about. Yeah, when I got to town, I just moved down here in October. And that was one of the first places that Kurt and I went was to sit outside at New Heights. Such good beer, man. Isn't it great beer? They're great. They kill it. Yeah. So anyhow, stay tuned for that. Who needs one? Heck yeah. I'm, I'm good right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have plenty of beer here. Uh, I'll, I'll get one then. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, crap. So what? But uh, I remember seeing you on the road, too, um, when you were out with FGL, and you were doing that. Uh, I thought it was so cool. Like, you were playing between sets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dude, that was... I, like it, it was <laughs> just was the host. It was wild. You know, I was like, this is like because some people would do like a DJ, and I was like, Kanan's kind of like the DJ. You were playing your whole set of between sets. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was it it's was like wild. Yeehaw. Yeah, oh, yeehaw. <laughs> yeah, yeehaw, yeehaw. And you had the FGL band guys play with you too, right? Tom played bass with you. Tom played bass, and Taco played guitar, and I played guitar, and we went. <laughs> It was so dog and pony, man. We got just hustled out. You know, we're, they're tearing down the set while we're out there playing on the uh, thrust with acoustics, trying to pe- keep people's attention. But I think it went really good. And Dude, it was so I, fun. It was fun. And yeah. It, you know, and I learned too. I was like, all right, you know, back to square one. You got to, you got to earn this. Yeah. You know, got to earn attention. No doubt. In the crowd, and you got to, you got to connect. There's no you sure know, there's, thing. There was a definite. I felt a little naked out there, and that was the first half of the tour. Yeah, um, that was a bon- honestly that was a bonus because the I was booked to only do the second half of the tour. Hardy was booked for the first half, yeah, same slot, uh, yeah. and they booked me for the second half, same slot. Um, but then they said, "Hey, well, just come come out the whole time. You're gonna we want to write with you all summer, anyhow. Have you on the Tree Vibes bus?" And um, so we wrote we, we wrote the whole first. And second half, but that first half, you know, I would just get out there and do that three-piece acoustic thing in between. Dude, it was so sets. fun though. Like, it, it was fun. It actually. looked like you guys were having a great time doing it. We did. Actually. Yeah, we did. We really did. It's hard to not have a, a great time. Um, 
playing music kind of on stages like that. It is, it's awesome, man. And, and being around all your buddies. Yeah. There's just the tour life is, it's, it is a lot of fun. I won't lie. Yeah. You know, the, I think the club scene is different. That's the shed scene. You know, yeah. we're playing off yeah. sheds. Yeah. The, the big guys. venues. The club scene, I love the nighttime energy. Yeah. The days are slow and yeah. boring and they can wear on you because of monotonous. And food is bad. And food's bad. And it's like, you know, but I love playing clubs. But I love playing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's so worth it, though. No, I, yeah, yeah, I do. I do too. But I also like, I don't miss the, the, um, I, I don't miss the monotony of the, the, the day hang, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, that that almost feels like work sometimes for me. And I was telling Christy that, and I was like, you know, I want to be even more intentional going forward about the shows that I play too, and the type of show. And um, you know, like I don't want to feel compelled to tour because I feel like I have to. I want to. I want something to pull me from where I am because I, you know, because it's um something worth doing. I think is more mm-hmm. like what I want to do right yeah, now. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know, like. I've done that club circuit for several rounds. Yep, and I and I'm not complaining. Right, I'm thankful to have, to have been able to do that and to still go be able to do that. But I don't think that I want to do it in the same way yeah. anymore. And that's just because it's I'm in, I'm kind of inspired to try you know just kind of um, go back to the drawing board a little bit. Yeah, and even with my live shows, just figure out what's it look like going forward and. And how do um, how do we connect with people is the big thing for me. Like if I'm going to be on the road, I don't I don't want to go try to. Um, well, how do I say this? I, I guess it's I've already said it. I, I think it just needs to be a more meaningful experience for me um, to say yes to to get me back out there, and I will. And there's plenty of the, there are plenty. We're actually working on that right now. Heck yeah! So it's coming. You have anything booked Just, that you can uh, tell us about, or not? Well, there's yet? a couple of makeup dates, but no, we're we're literally right at the beginning of um of planning what's uh how it, how it's going to look on this first phase. So it's coming, um, and I'm jacked about it, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be the same. Yeah, as well last time. I think different's good, right? And you're coming out of this with a brand new album, a different sound, honestly, sonically, different aesthetic too. Yeah. yeah. Totally. From from what you 100%. had before, so I think the live show being different makes sense. You yeah, know? that's right, man. The way it's done. Look how cool. long your hair is. It is well. Look at your beard. How much be- <laughs> how much beer you have in it? <laughs> is there a lot? <laughs> no, <laughs> so much. <laughs> Kurt has to play with his mustache every time he eats or drinks anything. We're like literally chuckling like beers and butthead right now. Man, but uh, it's it's crazy to get to see that right and like just from me being a fan right so i got to see you play some of those club shows and then i got to see you play the arena and i got to see you play the fun little middle show right like between the fgl tour and now to get this new album that again like sonically sounds like what i think your aesthetic is right which is great that's that's cool to hear yeah Yeah, like i think if you if you see you and you hear this music you're like these two things good match yeah they make sense you know so well that's good uh, like the themes in it there's still things that are like so i'm not a schizophrenic no (laughs) (laughs) 
but you're talking you don't have that sometimes sometimes you'll hear an artist and you're like that's not what i imagine yeah, they look like sure, you know sure, absolutely <laughs> i think it definitely makes sense with what you have and the the album's sonic feel feels like you're out at a cabin in the woods right and i mean some of the songs oh, awesome. talk about that cool. you know and they they have that aesthetic The song is a good music video. Yeah. That was a great song. I mean, a great video. Yeah. There's a little spot down there. Holler my granddaddy bought some Mayfield dollars, 1200 square feet. A frame sitting between the tree. Are you going to sing harmonies? You, he just I moved the mic like he was about to get on it. No, I was moving on the towards the guitar. <laughs> I got the keys on the baby day. <laughs> That old cabin in the woods Sitting down by the river On a hot summer night I'll always remember Sitting around the fire Singing old John Denver Life was feeling good That old cabin in the woods We were young And beer was cold And that old cabin in the woods Yep Hell yeah, oh, son. Man. Let's go. I'm ready to, for us to pick one here in a, in a minute. Mm. Yeah, we're going to make you play one with Kurt. I think he told you already. I want to do that for sure. Kurt, yeah. we had fun doing the album show, didn't we? The release yeah, show. That was super cool. That live stream. That was really great. Live from Gatlinburg. Mm -hmm. What a great place, too. Come on. It was beautiful. It is beautiful. And our and catering a lot of was cool. so good, too. Oh, I know. It was amazing. And we had Janae. Janae's like, this, the fiddle player that we had legendary. Yeah, it's just she plays for some guy named Blake Shelton. I don't know, but he's pretty. And bad. also wins musician of the year. You know, yes. CMAs. Yeah. yeah. So we, it was a not you know present company not included. It was a pretty good band. Yeah. <laughs> and sang BGVs on my record. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about the record a little bit here before we finish up. I feel like. Yeah. Let's get more. Um, yeah. Let's talk uh, high country sound. Mm. So, <laughs> hi, hi, country sound. Yeah, cool. Well, that makes sense. It does. <laughs> that fits the vibe. Yeah, yeah I just interesting. Um, I want people to get a vibe of it before <laughs> we hilarious. sit down and and play a song <laughs> off it. You know, <laughs> right? Yes. What do you uh, like? What do you, you What do you want to know about it? I don't know. Like, how, how does how is the sound of this record different than Bronco? Would you say? Man, uh, Bronco was like the. I think the song Bronco actually was um, was a real honest song, and, a, and I think even the production on it was very honest. But um, can I, I tell a, lot a of the, Can I oh, tell yeah. a quick story? Um, I remember doing a, a guitar pull with you one time, and uh, when I was playing with Michael Ray, and you were introing Bronco, and I think you were maybe playing by yourself on acoustic guitar. And because it's a guitar pool, so everyone's just playing acoustic, you know? And you were, so you're like, oh, I wrote this song for, you know, and then some girl in the back, like, yelled, like, because Chase Rice is on stage, was like, we love you, Chase Rice, or something like that. <laughs> and Chase Rice gets on the microphone, and he's like, oh, yeah. I love you, Kanan Smith. Oh, and that girl, like, felt, game. like, this small. <laughs> and then you intro the song Bronco, and then she must have smelt even... Or felt even smaller. <laughs> Smelled even <laughs> smaller. <laughs> no, well, I, I, all I remember about that story, I mm -hmm. don't remember the girls saying that. I, I do remember Chase saying, I yep. love you, Gaynor Smith. So you and sang I love the song. Chase for that. He's such a good guy. Yeah. 
you sang the song and it was a theater of probably 3,500 people. And afterwards, every single person in the theater was on their feet clapping for you. And um, I remember thinking like getting so emotional, like um, if you haven't heard the song uh, Bronco, you have to go check it out. It's brilliant. Um, I remember thinking like I'm going to sit here and just listen to the song on stage. I'm going to cry. And I'm like, don't cry, don't cry. And I look over and I saw you crying. <laughs> and then I literally started crying on stage. Like <sighs> on a guitar pool of a song Dude. was even playing. It was, a, it was a, one of my like most memorable moments of any music ever in my entire life. I'll never forget that. Wow, bro. Seriously. Don't make me cry now. <laughs> well, that, um, wow. Thanks. That for, song's up there for, for me, man. That. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. dude. Takes a summertime and dollars in away. Buys some Pittsburgh steel and you come away. And even more to get around and shining like you It was two tone tar heels, blue and white. Ken was speaking tune just right. Crazy how a car makes a king out of a kid. Man, I will cry if I keep going, probably. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I wrote that for my brother mm-hmm. who we lost tragically way too young. But like, um, man, such a part of such a foundational part that will always be foundational and pre- and still current day part of my life and that shaped me and made me. So, and I and honestly, I think Bronco was one of the biggest gifts I've ever gotten from music. That song mm-hmm. was the most cathartic. Um. Ah, uh, just like you know, I mean, everything about that song is was literally from a memory that was so painful to me, and so that's why I cried that night, and that's why I cried for the first two hundred times I played it live. Yeah. Um, because it was so it needed to come out, and um, that song on Bronco album. Uh, the song Bronco in particular was what I feel like the foundation, like the big, like I think people had an idea that there was a person under this, this guy who yeah. was singing a song they knew, but they didn't know anything else about him. I mean, they, everybody knew love you like that. It was a big song. Right. It's still a, a big song for me, but I think the, the stuff, you know, Bronco was about the, one of the only, probably the only hint on that record that there was a deeper level. And now I'm living there yeah. in that space. And so That's a my favorite thing. songs are coming out now. I agree. And, and I love your new record. Yeah. High country Thanks. sound. High. Country Very sound. Very high. Very That's high. Super high country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not high enough. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what you, do you have like one of your, what's one of your favorites from it? I'm just curious. I mean, uh, American Dream is like like rehearsing that for Gatlinburg. That's just that was awesome. It was Let's beautiful. Yeah, we're gonna play that right now. Let's do it. <laughs> he says right now. <laughs> do you have a capo for me? Because I'm yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go do. find this one. This guitar is all kinds of way out of yeah. drop steps and whatnot. I don't think I can do it like the record in this. Uh, Perfect that one. All right. Well, let's sign off here and then we'll go get a capo. How's Signing that off. Yeah. Ten four. Roger over. 
Okay, over, thanks for I'm, joining us here. Now listen, guys. It's been a real pleasure. Yes. Cheers, cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Physics, yeah. for providing the draft. Yes. Thank you, Brew Shine Beer, for being born here in a few weeks. Yes. And thank you to Charlie for making it sound good. Thank you, Bruce Town, Ohio, for for building the Dusty for Armadillo. Christy. Yes. And <laughs> bringing my wife to the show that night. Thank you, Raised Rowdy, for playing my music, believing in it. And thank you for being here with us and hanging out with Kurt like you usually do, but also like letting me hang around. Yes. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a jovial time, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Well, guys, Cheers, make sure you follow Kanan if you don't, which I'm sure you already do if you listen to Ray's Rowdy or Ray's Rowdy Radio at all. But And make sure you like this episode and give it five stars on iTunes. Unless you don't like it. Yeah. And if you don't, don't, don't feel pressured. Yeah. <laughs> you may not like it, and that's fine too. And then just don't rate it. Yeah, don't rate it. <laughs> don't rate it if you don't like it a lot. Well, but we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And make sure you tune in to Raise Rowdy Radio to hear Canaan songs on there as well. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <laughs> cool. There we go. Summer lightning strikes Blows out all the lights Slows us down, reminds us just how far we go We're on some rocky road Walk through fields of gold Thick and thin You've always been my only Life is made up And I hope I never wake up From this American dream So pour that glass of wine Like all we got is time No nights like this We just don't get up Life is made up I hope I never wake up Place that I'd rather be with you by 
by my side I thank God that I'm free This is the stuff Life is made of I hope I never wake up 